on today's episode of the Blue Bloods. Uh, we mostly just have our Senior Bowl recap today, to be totally honest with you. Uh, I just finished like the longest week of my entire life, not to brag, but uh, I scammed my way into being credentialed for the, uh, for the Senior Bowl this week. You guys obviously know that at this point. Uh, but we have our breakdown of the game today. Today's show is going to be a little bit on the short side, but we have a lot to cover, so let's go ahead and get it started. So we're going to start out today's episode. Uh, obviously, we're talking about the Senior Bowl once again. Um, but we wanted to go ahead and touch a little bit on our biggest takeaways from this game. And, Zach, you've prepared for this a lot better than I have, I think. So why don't you go ahead and lead this one? Yeah, I mean, you know, the score might not show it, but this was like – I thought this was a really competitive, you know, good game, especially in the first half. But, you know, the third quarter is kind of where it fell apart for the South team. They were outscored 21 to nothing by the North. And, I mean, when Anthony Gordon came in, it really changed the game for the North squad. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely uh, the truth. Um, It's crazy to me that he didn't play until the second half of this game, Uh, especially, I mean, he left as the North team's MVP on this one. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but – I mean, he didn't come into the second half. He had two quarterbacks play in front of him who neither one of them even came close to playing as well as he played, in my opinion. Uh, I guess you could have the argument that Shea Patterson played fairly well in this game, but he played like Shea Patterson does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to burn bridges right now, but that's just that's just how I feel. Uh, Up and down. Jordan looked like, a, looked like a real bum out there this weekend. <laughs> I, I think we all – kind of expected that I don't know I feel I feel like he I heard in practice he wasn't terrible but in the game he didn't look great I mean you say we all expected it but being there all week hearing the scouts talk hearing I mean hearing everyone talk about him they're so hyped up about this guy and I talked about that on the preview episode but I mean this is the guy that people were looking for they thought he may be one of the top uh, quarterback prospects in the country coming into this game you know this game Mm -hmm. he Four for six for 26 yards passing, no touchdowns. And I, he didn't really get it done on his legs either. I mean, no, he had four yards rushing. Yeah, four on four attempts. So it, it and you know what's crazy about that? All four yards came on one attempt. All yep. the other ones were no gain. So that's, or Bad he got look. stacked, or he, not, anyway, his long rush was four yards. That terrible, terrible look. I mean, and then you, like you said, Anthony Gordon. Only quarterback with multiple touchdowns. And, you know, I, he was really the surprise of the game to me. Uh, you know, I know the kick and ball. We covered him on the podcast throughout the season. But two touchdowns on only 12 attempts. And, you know, the big thing for Anthony Gordon is no interceptions. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, but at the same time, we have to look at his stats. I mean, when you throw the ball 50, 60 times a game, one or two of those probably are going to be intercepted most likely. So 
I think Anthony Gordon came out one of the biggest winners of the game, and I think this kid could be a sneaky steal in the draft. I definitely agree with you there. Um, I think if he's in the right program, or if he's in the right franchise, rather, I guess, it's not really a program when he's, once you get to the NFL, but uh, if he gets to the right franchise and they really know how to use him, I think he can be dangerous. You know, in this game, they run more of like a pro-style offense because that's kind of just how the guidelines for this game are. There's all kind of rules. Uh, you know, we're not going to cover all those right now, but it, it basically limits you to running like a pro-style offense. And we haven't seen that from him all year. I mean, he's been in Mike Leach's uh, – I mean, that's a spread, obviously. It's just – it's an insane spread. I mean, it's, it's more of air, like raid. air raid. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we haven't seen him operate in a pro-style offense until this game. And, it, I mean, he he handled it really well. I mean, I saw it all week, but he handled this game. I mean, he, what he, he went for he went eight for 12 on this one. You just said that. Yeah. 69 yards, nice, uh, two touchdowns. And not only that, I mean, but he kind of got it done on his feet a little bit too, didn't he? he no, he didn't. He uh, got sacked. No. I take it back. He yeah, got he sacked got, once. That was it. Yeah, he got sacked. But, I mean, he showed good pocket presence. He showed – good decision-making. He showed his arm strength. He showed his accuracy. I think Anthony Gordon did himself a lot of favors. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a first-round pick by any stretch, but watch out second, third round. I think Anthony Gordon made himself some money this week in Mobile. And, you know, to move to the other side of the ball, the North defensive line had some animals playing. I mean, eight sacks in the game. Three players had two sacks. Yeah, I mean, I think we see, obviously, uh, one of those players with multiple sacks was uh, Bradley Anay. I mean, just an insane game out of this guy. Uh, you know, we'll touch that a little bit later as well. But, I mean, he really surprised me this weekend. I knew this Utah defense was super serious. I knew that they were a threat. Um, but to see him come out this weekend and play the way that he played was, I mean, that, that probably got him paid as well. Oh, yeah. I, really and truly, I mean, I think this just supports my argument earlier this season that Utah's defense was among the elite. And, you know, it kind of shocked me because we talked in the previous episode. I picked the South, and I even think Brandon agreed with me at this point that the offensive line should be a strength for the South. And the South's offensive line got outplayed. They were, you know, the North defensive line – was more physical, was faster, more aggressive. And this is even further supported by the three yards per rush that the offensive line of the South, you know, produced. I mean, you should be able to run for more than three yards a carry when you have some of the best backs in the country. When you have LaMichael Piron, Antonio Gibson, Eno Benjamin, and you have quarterbacks like Herbert and Hertz that can make plays on their legs, three yards a rush is – really hard to swallow in my opinion especially when you have Clemson players uh LSU players and you know a lot of these elite offensive line talent they just they got really got outplayed and the south offense only produced 280 yards of offense which is just to me I that was I never would if you would have told me that before the game I probably would have bet bet the house on that 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 was not going to happen yeah um you know, we we definitely saw both offensive lines, and this is kind of a note I took during the game. Um, I, they they looked tired uh, going into the second half because, you know, if you if you break down the positions, um, we you know quarterbacks obviously played a quarter each. Uh, one of them at least had to play in the fourth quarter, so they played a half of football. 
the running backs were being switched in and out almost every single drive. And then you had the O-line who was basically just in the entire game. And I think that kind of worked against them. You know, this is this is the off season at this point. This is prepping for the draft, uh, and I don't think that these guys were in like peak shape to be playing this game. And I think that had a lot to do with it because I saw both O lines that just kind of looked a little sluggish as the game went on. Mm, I mean, well, it was a long week. I mean, it was it, these practices aren't normal regular no, season they're, practices. They're, they're 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 not even close to that. I mean. They're wearing full pads, uh, and they're technically full contact, but they're not really. I mean, these practices last about an hour and a half each. They only had three of them this week. So, I mean, that's four and a half total hours of practice for this game. They're playing with teams. They've, they're playing with uh, teammates they haven't played with all year, and I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, but the O-lines definitely could have uh, shown some improvement, in, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. But um, So, we'll move on to our next segment – so, uh, Brandon and I picked two, three players um, in this game throughout the week. I was, was mostly focused on the game that really improved their draft stock. So, we're calling this segment Stock Rising. And, Brandon, what is, who is your first player that you think improved their draft stock tremendously during this game on Saturday? Yeah, I already talked about him uh, before now. Uh, Bradley Ane from Utah, uh, defensive end. He had multiple sacks this weekend. He made Jalen Hurts look awful. <laughs> I mean, how many rushing yards did Jalen Hurts have this weekend? Uh, it was, Negative I think it was, seven. That's what I'm saying. So he, it was just he was getting sacked. I mean, and I, I remember taking notes uh, during the game, and I was like, who is – because I noticed it was the same guy who was sacking Jalen, like, the entire game, or get, at least rushing him on almost every single play. I mean, hitting him after he passed, and it was Bradley and A almost every single time. Yeah, because he smacked him on the Jalen Hurts interception. Yeah, he did, dude. And, and, like, the scouts went crazy in the press box. It was the funniest thing I've ever heard. But, um, no, definitely. He, it, he, out of every single person, because I don't know where his draft stock was at before this game, but wherever it was, it's gone up. It's gone up probably tremendously. Yeah, uh, he is one of my – he is one of my, you know, risers too, and – I really think this kid could be a late first round pick. Uh, watching this game, he he had that it factor. He popped off my screen. He was making play after play. I mean, I, I, I forget who the tackle was um, on the South team that had him on the play where he sacked Jalen, but he made him. I mean, he embarrassed him on that play, and it, I believe it was one of the LSU offensive linemen. I don't. I'm not. Uh, LSU, sure. LSU only had O lineman at center and guard. Well, I don't know. The, the, I, I know the tackle was I know the tackle was from a big school and that tackle got embarrassed and he should be ashamed of himself cuz he hit him with like the spin move and I mean it just embarrassed the poor kid and uh he was he was just all over the field and I was super impressed with him. I just it's hard it sometimes it's in this in a game like this it's hard for a defensive end to pop off the screen like this but a nay it, he easily, in my opinion, could have been the MVP for the North team. Yeah, I, you know, they don't typically give these kind of awards to defensive players. It's kind of a shame. Uh, I'm an offensive guy. I know way more about offense than the defense, so I'm not going to sit here and cry over it. Um, but I agree with you. He definitely had a, he, he had a strong argument to win MVP for this North team. Um, and I think the only reason that he didn't is because of who did win MVP, and he's another player that I had stock rising on, Anthony Gordon. 
I mean, fantastic job this weekend. Obviously, he was the third quarterback the North went to. They went to Jordan Love first from Utah State, which a mistake in my book. Um, right behind Jordan Love, we had Shea Patterson, which, I mean, I get that one a little bit. You know, if he was a starter and Anthony Gordon was second string, that would make a lot of sense. But in my opinion, you know, before this weekend, I would have thought that Anthony Gordon would have been the first string quarterback in this North team. Um, and he really showed his case for that. I mean, he, he showed, he proved the coaches, he proved everybody wrong, I think, because uh, he came in the third quarter and he just dominated. Yeah, he did. And I kind of covered him in the initial thought segment. And I, th- I think this kid improved his stock the most because I think there were a lot of people who probably, he was probably what, a sixth, seventh round pick. I've, I've seen some undrafted projections. Yeah. There's no way Anthony Gordon falls below the fourth round, in my opinion, after his performance this week in Mobile. And, you know, and my next, you know, riser would, is another quarterback. He was on the South, should have been on the North, and that's Justin Herbert. He was uh, our game MVP. We'll get more on that later. Nine for 12, 83 yards and a touchdown. And I don't think there was a quarterback that looked more deserving of a top pick than Justin Herbert this week. No, I mean, he's been doing this all week, too. I mean, he was only in for the first quarter as well. Obviously, that opening drive that he conducted, um, it was basically he and P. Ryan the entire drive just going down the field. Uh, and my notes on this were just – I wrote Herbert and P. Ryan, and then I wrote – uh, they were key factors in this drive. Then in parentheses, I wrote, O-line looks incredible. Uh, Herbert didn't throw an incomplete pass in this first drive, by the way. He was perfect mm-hmm. going down the field. Um, and then he capped it off with that touchdown pass to Michael P. Ryan. So he, I mean, all week of practice, he's looked like the real deal. And it wouldn't surprise me if he somehow slipped to, like, the second best quarterback in this draft. Now, that wouldn't surprise mm. me, at least. I, I, I don't know. I have a really – hard based on what I saw and I really I really think he's gonna have the best career out of any quarterback in this draft class in my opinion yeah I mean it wouldn't it wouldn't really surprise Uh, me as much as that hurts me to say yeah I mean I think the I think the uh I think Tua and Joe Burrow are flashier picks but if you want someone who's gonna lead your offense for 15 years I think Herbert's got to be your guy and it kills me to say that. I mean, because I love Joe Burrow too, probably not as much as Brandon, but I think Herbert's a real deal here. And you know, to wrap this wrap this part of our segment up, I have one more player. Um, I have Joshua Kelly, the UCLA running back. Yeah. He led all running backs in rushing yards. He had 15 carries for 105 yards. And we covered UCLA a few times on the podcast this season, and. Uh, he popped out of he popped out on the screen a little bit, but I mean I don't think he was overly impressive this season. But I think this game really put him on a lot of teams' draft boards. Yeah, he definitely did. Um, uh, you know, and this is just me observing. Uh, I would see scouts writing down a lot of notes when he when he got the ball handed off to him. Uh, I think that's a good thing because he was. I mean, he was just tearing up the field. Um, I can't remember his exact stats on this game, but I do remember in my notes just writing, this guy looks incredible. Uh, who was Joshua Kelly? I knew who he was, of course. Who was <laughs> um, I mean, what did he end up having? He ended up having 105, 105 yards. yards. Yeah. I remember when he broke off that 30-yard that rush, and I was like, wow, okay. He, his, kinda, I mean, his, he was bailing his, his quarterbacks out. His vision looks amazing. I mean – 
his vision of the field is top notch based on his performance this weekend. And I, I think I really, I don't think he was projected to be drafted. I mean, he couldn't have been right. He he definitely wasn't a top five running back coming into this weekend. Yeah, not even close. I, I think he has an argument now. Uh, I think he's going to get drafted. And I, I think he's going to get a chance somewhere because outside of, you know, you know, P Ryan and Gibson are going to take a lot of the news and, you know, the talk away in the running back room, but Joshua Kelly deserves some deserves some credit for his performance this weekend. I was extremely impressed with this kid. Right. Absolutely. So speaking of field vision, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment, which is uh, stock falling is what we called it. It's just players that we didn't think played very well this weekend. Um, Let, let's let's save the obvious one for last. Let's save the obvious one for last. Oh, so maybe I can't build off of my segue that I just uh, saved. Oh, the, okay, never mind. Let's talk about Steven Montez real quick. I thought he was the obvious. <laughs> Steven Montez, man, jeez. Field vision was just like negative. Um, so I'm watching this guy play, <laughs> and I'm like, I remember texting Zach during it, and I was like, hey, can he not see? Like, because he's just throwing the ball, and it made me mad because I'm sitting there watching, and I'm like, I've never been a quarterback in my life nor did I deserve to be. Um, and and I was just sitting here watching wide-open receivers down the field all day, and then I'd see Steven Montez from Colorado uh, pass straight to, like, two defenders. I mean, and you have Duvernay from, from Texas just running in the middle of the field wide open, like 12 yards down the field for a first down. And, this, and, and Steven Montez is like, oh, let me throw this about 40 yards downfield into double coverage. It was just it, – it was ridiculous. He looked so bad. He was – he got sacked, I think, three times for – Three times. Eight yards. Dude, so, his pocket presence so might bad. have been the worst I've ever seen at the Senior Bowl. I mean, if it even – on like, at the snap, if it even looked like a defender might get by his – get by the offensive lineman, he was panicking. He, he did not – he did not know what to do, and I don't like to trash people on the podcast. I know that, you know, it, this is this is a tough game, but I mean, he did not. He does not deserve to get drafted. I'm sorry, this guy is not making it in the NFL, and uh, I think I he probably had. That. Yeah, <laughs> there he's going to go to the AAF when they try to Aww. reboot it in a few years. <laughs> but I, I just I thought it was, he would just had a terrible performance. I was. I was absolutely not impressed. He wasn't on my list because I tried to switch it up because I have two other quarterbacks on my list. But I thought he played. You know, and the reason I didn't have him on this list is because I didn't think his draft stock was very high in the first place. No, I didn't either. And honestly, when I was writing his name down for the segment, I was I was kind of questioning what I was uh, doing because I don't even know if he was projected to be drafted before this game. Um but if, if he, I, I had to talk no about way. it at some point. I had to talk about it at some point, so here it is. If he was uh, if he was projected to even get looked at for the draft, that is gone. Yeah. No, That's a wrap on his career. He, he <laughs> is not getting in there. And, you know, speaking of someone whose draft stock was already not super high, I have Eno Benjamin, uh, the Arizona State running back. Uh, he had seven carries for 20 yards. And I don't uh, – I believe me and Brandon – we're talking about this before the sh- before you know we were recording. He he looked like he could not see. If everyone on the field would have laid down, he would have still found a way to run into somebody. Dude, and he's not even. I remember talking to you about it yesterday when I was leaving. I called you, and uh, 
that when what I said was, you know, he couldn't see anybody. It was like he was running straight in defenders upfield. He couldn't make any kind of cuts. So I was like, oh, he must be a short running back. You know, he must be a short guy. I can't see. Mm-hmm. He's like 5'10", right? Or 5'11"? Yeah. Five, he's he's, like he's the same height as P. He's the same height as P. Ron, I believe. So he's 5'11", and he weighs 210 pounds. That was another thing. He could not run through a defender. He could not bounce off of a defender. As soon as he got hit, he was going down. And I don't even have him on my stock falling. He's just I, – I, I had to get this off my chest. <laughs> I just thought – you know, this he was being talked about as you know a mid-round pick that could be a it, that could be a dark horse in the draft. I didn't see anything this weekend that suggested that he was going to be on anybody's board. Like Brandon said, he didn't show any explosiveness, any ability to make something out of nothing. He showed no vision. You know, coming out of the backfield, I I didn't think this kid had a good game at all, and I think his I think his draft stock plummeted. Yeah, that was another thing. And I hate to go back to Steven Montez because I know you thought we were done with him, but I'm not. <laughs> Whenever I talked about how, how tall um, you know, Benjamin was, that just reminded me. I didn't even mention this. Uh, Steven Montez, I was like, he couldn't see down the field for anything. This man's six foot five. Why can't he see down the field? That's, that's my concluding thoughts on him. But, man, vision, vision needs to be much improved on both of these players. Yeah. Uh, Maybe get some really Blankenship glasses. <laughs> Stop. Uh, cannot do that. Cannot do that. But, I, you know, uh, moving on from Eno Benjamin, we'll get to the quarterbacks because I know you guys are ready for this one. I got Jordan Love. First, Utah State quarterback. We kind of, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him. We already highlighted his stats earlier. You know, there was a lot of questions about, you know, his level of competition at Utah State, and I I don't think he did anything in this game Saturday to help that whatsoever. I mean, he he, he, it looked like the moment was too big for him. It just – I didn't see his – I didn't see that explosiveness that everyone was talking about they couldn't wait to see. I didn't see any of his, you know – crazy attributes that everyone said he had come alive during this game. I just, I didn't see anything that suggested that he could be someone to watch out for come uh, April in the draft. Right. No. And all week long, like I said, I've heard people talk about him and I've been waiting to see him play the way that everybody's been talking about him. And I just haven't seen it yet. Uh, Maybe I'll see something different at the combine. I'm not sure. Um, Hopefully for his sake, you know, I, and while his draft stock probably is falling a little bit, I still think he's one of those names where someone's going to draft him pretty high. It's going to be ridiculous. I'm going to be so upset. It's going to happen. I mean, the league still has the Bears, and they still have uh, the Chargers, and they still have all these other teams. So someone's going to draft him. Uh, the Lions. The Lions will it, take him. Matt Patricia likes him after this week. <laughs> It's got to be so disappointing, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely is. We all like good <laughs> football, and if he's in the league, yeah, you know. Ah, just can't. All right, so I'll, I'll let you start on this player. I know we both have him on the list. Um, I yeah. know we have a lot to say, so I'll let you start it off. Yep. Jalen Heisman, baby, here we go. Man, man, oh, man, did you look bad this weekend. Um, 
first off, let's talk about that interception because you could not. And the thing is, it's not even like his O line was just <laughs> letting defenders through like at will, and they were at some points. But he had a decent amount of time in the pocket, and he was just standing there. Like I don't know what he was waiting for, but he was just standing there waiting and waiting, and then he'd take off, and then he'd get nailed. I mean, sometimes he got the pass off, and sometimes it was completed. Other times he got, I mean, just uh, like pile-drived and threw an interception. It just, I I mean, what what were his stats this weekend? So, passing, he had uh, (laughs) – oh, I don't even know what he went because this sheet that I have is – Six six for 13 for 58 yards. Yeah, 58 yards and – a touchdown and an interception. Uh, he threw that one touchdown in the corner of the end zone to Late. innings, obviously. Beautiful pass. Uh, a lot of people weren't impressed with it. I don't really know why you weren't impressed with it. It was a nice pass. But uh, the interception looked bad, man. It looked really bad. Like, where was he even – where were you throwing that? that? Well, he got hit pretty hard. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, he got nailed. Yeah, okay. Like, I got you. But if, if you get – if the pressure is right there, throw it away. You don't just duck that ball into the middle of no, the field. Exactly. And here's the thing. One of the cool – or I don't know if it's cool. One of the rules about the senior bowl that I said I wasn't going to get into um, is that the referees can't call intentional grounding. And I think we all saw – well, if anybody watched it, uh, there, was a first, there was a first quarter ball that I think Jordan Love threw away um, when he was still in the pocket. He's still between the tackle box. He was still in the tackle box. Uh, he threw it away, and they threw a flag, and then the lead official, the the referee, called it off, saying there's no flag for intentional grounding. That's just not something that they call in the senior bowl. I think it's to protect the quarterbacks. Jalen didn't get the memo, and he held on the ball too long and then didn't even try to throw it away. I don't know what the deal was, but that's that's just how it went. He, he was just trying to prove too much, man. I mean, everyone – and then, you know, uh, so – in case you guys don't follow us on social media, uh, we had tweets about how bad J- – I mean, Jalen Hurts at halftime, guys, was just – I mean, if you look at his stats now, yeah, they, they look decent. A touchdown, interception, 58 yards, whatever whatever you want to say. But at halftime, man, he – that's uh, not what happened. Two for seven, 25 yards in an interception at halftime. Yeah, it was – and. This is coming off in the preview episode where I say he needed to ch- learn from Tim Tebow, change positions. He shut it down with uh, a lot of anger when he was asked about it recently. And I really think that if he wasn't going to be a first-round pick, he wasn't going to be a second round in my opinion, he might not even go in the top five rounds anymore after this performance. And I had a few people tell me this is just the senior bowl – the combine is what matters. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna blow people away at the combine. Well, no, and that's what that's what I told you. Um, obviously, no one's listening, but this is what I told you a couple of days ago uh, because I saw these comments. Uh, I've seen him all week at practice in the non-contact drills where he's just passing. As a matter of fact, I did say this on the preview episode. He's overthrowing his receivers. He's underthrowing his receivers. He didn't look great, and that's all the combine is. They're going, to, they're going to see these non-contact drills, and they're going to realize that, hey, he might not have an NFL arm. you know. And that's been one of his criticisms all year long because he's been getting it done with his feet, and then when it comes to the air, 
I mean, what do you have, like 2,600 yards total passing this this uh, season? Something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, it, you know, he – I really – and I know he gets upset when people talk about it because he wants to be a quarterback, but I think maybe if he switched to wide receiver or maybe like a cornerback, he could probably get things done a lot more efficiently, especially on an NFL level. I don't. Okay, so like, hear me out. I don't think he's fast enough to be a cornerback. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. But a I mean, receiver, you have. I mean, I could see him being like a like like, like a, a slot. Yeah. yeah, maybe a slot. I mean, he's probably just as athletic as Julian Edelman, maybe. But I mean, I don't think he's fast enough to be a lead corner on a team. I mean, you have these corners coming out running four threes, four fours. Jalen Hurts is not a four three, four four guy. No, but he's like he's like four six. Yeah, four six, four six is not great for a corner, dude. I mean, you got wide rec- you got lead wide receivers coming out that's burning that up. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I just I'm just saying, and you know, for someone never to be a corner in their life, I mean, it's a tough ask to come <laughs> in and be a lead corner on an NFL team. I just, to me, I don't think he showed pro- pocket presence th- this week, especially in the game. I don't think he showed good decision making. I don't think he showcased his athletic ability. I don't think he showcased much. I mean, he showcased that he does have a little bit of touch on the ball in the touchdown pass to Jawan Jennings late in the game. But, you know, when you take the whole picture into account, the picture is not great. You know, you could take that little piece. Yeah, he did great right there. But if you take the whole, you know, portfolio he put forth this week, I, I think I would give him a D this week on his performance. Yeah, that's – I mean, I feel the same exact way. And before the Bammers jump on me, Jalen Hurts is a 4-5 guy, still not a lead receiver. Um, but, yeah, uh, his, his – uh, or 4-4-8. Four, 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 okay, you know what? If he runs a 4-4-8 four, four, in the combine in a few weeks, I will eat my words on the podcast. He will not run a 4-4 four, four come combine time. I'll guarantee it. That was like two years ago, too. He ran a 4-4-8. Four, four, I, 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 I bet money – I bet money he does a he runs a four six. Okay, <laughs> well, well, I guess we'll see. Um, you guys can you guys can put that on the books. I don't know who's taking that bet. I mean, unless you guys just have a very specific bookie for this type of thing. Um, <laughs> good for you, take it I to guess. Vegas. Ta- take it to Vegas. Yeah, that's yeah. Don't let's not encourage Cause, that because <laughs> you can. You, I mean, you can bet on anything in Vegas, right? I mean. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to Vegas. <laughs> All right. Podcast takes on Vegas. Yeah. yeah uh, we got to go to the draft the, this year. We're going to the draft. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we have to see that fountain in action. The boats. Right. And take, take players in on boats. Do what? You think Odell will be there? He loves boats. Uh, probably. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, he'll probably be there with Antonio Brown. No, nah, Antonio Brown is going to be locked up by then. What a That's what a true. Shame. All right, let's. This is getting sad. Let's um, let's cheer it up with with an awesome, you know, interview. Yeah. So, guys, you know, I've been working my tail off this week. That's all I've been doing. I've been getting interviews all week long. I finally got the one guy who I thought was untouchable. I had an exclusive interview with Michael P. Ryan. This is not the interview that I jacked from ABC News yesterday. This is or two days ago. This is a Blue Bloods exclusive interview. Uh, so let's go ahead and kick that one off. All right, I'm here with Michael P. Ryan uh, of the South team in this year's Senior Bowl. It's great to have you here. Oh, uh, man, it's amazing to be here, dog. Uh, being able to finish my college career in my hometown, man, 
just uh, amazing. I had a great week, man, in front of these scouts. I've been able to interview in front of scouts and just let them know I'm just a, um, a player who's trying to give them all, man, for real. Right, for sure. Uh, what kind of culture would you say that Dan Mullen is creating down at the University of Florida? Um, Hard-nosed football. Uh, players that's giving it all relentless effort, man. He preached that all the time. Um, Coach Savage got those guys ready and prepared, man, to go try and win the championship this year. Right. Uh, so what's it like, you already touched on it a little bit, to be back in Mobile for this game? Amazing, man. Uh, just feel great. I didn't play like four or five games in my high school career here. Um, it was just nice to come out here, man, just get my all in front of my whole time. Awesome. Awesome. And last question, uh, what's been the single biggest motivating factor throughout your entire college career? Uh, just being able to fight through adversity, man. Uh, I came to Florida on a seven-hour bus trip, man, getting an offer, and I made sure, man, every every time I could step on that field, I gave my all because I know what I went through to get there, man. For sure, for sure. Well, thank you. I appreciate the time, and uh, good to see you. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm very surprised I was able to get that interview. Uh, super awesome guy, uh, and I've met him in the past, but to be able to talk to him after this game was kind of shocking to me. I thought this would be the one guy I wouldn't be able to talk to. Um, but great interview, nonetheless. Um, so let's go ahead and go into our last segment. We've got our MVP discussion for this game, and we're going to break it down by which player won which MVP. So let's go ahead and start out with the game MVP, Justin Herbert. I didn't know you could win the MVP if you weren't on the winning team. Yeah, I didn't either. And, okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm, I'm upset that Joshua Kelly didn't win this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, well, that's tough. I'm upset that Kelly or Gordon didn't win this. I mean, Anthony Gordon had – I texted you during the game. I told you I thought Anthony Gordon was going to win it. I mean, he had – he was tied for the most pass attempts. He was, uh, what, third in yards, led in touchdowns. He didn't have any interceptions. I mean, he was on the winning team and led the team to a 21-0 third quarter and – and then if you want to switch to Joshua Kelly, he led all player – well, he was second in yards gained for all players, including quarterbacks. The only reason that he didn't have the leading is because Shea Patterson had that 75-yard touchdown pass. Exactly. That's, that's like Joshua Kelly had the best game. Uh, him, or, him or Anthony Gordon had the best game, in my opinion. It's a shame that neither one of them uh, won the game MVP, in my opinion. And I, and I love what Justin Herbert did. He looked super impressive. And if Justin Herbert got the South, South team MVP, I'd have been fine with it. But one, I thought, so I'm okay with a losing, with a player on the losing team getting the MVP if they just had an ex, just an extraordinary game. But when you have the, when you have in a team, that had the best running back in the game and probably the second best quarterback in the game, and you don't give it to them, I think that's kind of – I think that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, Justin Herbert, coming to the week, he obviously had the best week. Um, and I had it confused. I didn't realize that he won the game MVP until after the game. I was on the field, and I, record, I recorded an interview with ESPN that was congratulating him for winning the game MVP, and I just thought he won the practice game or the practice week MVP because, I, like I said, I didn't know that you could win the MVP if you didn't win the game. But, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I, think that, I think that Gordon, in my opinion, I thought Gordon should have won the MVP. I think two touchdowns in this game is incredible just with the amount that people play because you don't really play a whole lot of time. Um, 
And if you have the time to score two touchdowns, I think you need to be in consideration at least. Um, I mean, he's the reason that this North team won. So I for sure thought he should have won this. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, to move on, we have the South team MVP, and that was given to LaMichael Piran from Florida, the running back. And I think this was given to him probably one because Justin Herbert got the game MVP and they didn't want to give it to the same person. And two, he was in his hometown and looked really good all week in practice. And so I think I think this one was going to Piran regardless. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Um, now, I'm not going to sit here and say that because I think P. Ryan deserved it over Justin Herbert. I mean, Justin Herbert looked good. I mean, he went 9 for 12. That's incredible. That's 75% passing uh, for 83 yards and a touchdown. But that touchdown pass he had was to Michael P. Ryan, right? So, yeah, it was. So other than that, I mean, uh, there were two touchdowns. There were two passing touchdowns uh, for the South team. And one of them was to Michael P. Ryan. Another one was Jawan Jennings from Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I mean, just what I saw out of Michael P. Ryan this weekend uh, was it at least rivaled what what Gibson did. I mean, Gibson looked better on the ground, I thought, but but Michael P. Ryan was getting it done. I mean, receiving and off the ground. I mean, to to be fair, P. Ryan had two catches. And one of them was the 16-yard touchdown, and the other one went for one yard. So it's not like he was dominating through. No, but he you know, played for a quarter. That's okay. And but Gibson played for what a quarter and a half. I mean, I, th- I thought he played for more like two quarters because he played in the fourth quarter. Okay, yeah. Well, I think I think they bo- all played a quarter. I think I think Benjamin and Gibson f- split the fourth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, I thought Gibson might have had it. And I was so excited because I said Gibson was going to be the MVP, and I was I was just going to flip it and be like, I predicted this. Uh, so I, I think it was. I really think it was between P. Ron Herbert and Antonio Gibson from uh, Memphis, and I, I don't I don't have a problem with P. Ron getting it. I just you know I didn't think Herbert deserved the game MVP. So if I don't, if I think if Herbert doesn't win game MVP, he does deserve it over P. Ron. Yeah, yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that one. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the North team MVP, and we already mentioned it. Anthony Gordon with an incredible uh, showing in this game. Like I said, I thought he deserved game MVP if anybody did. Uh, just two passing touchdowns in this game is incredible. Uh, you know, it, he – what did he go? He went 66% completion rate. That was 8 for 12. Yep. Uh, 69 yards, nice. And two touchdowns. Two touchdowns is what did it for me, though. And just his yep. pocket presence, the way that he played – he just, to me, he looked more impressive than anybody on the field. Yeah, he did. And I think the thing that hurt Joshua Kelly is that he didn't have any touchdowns. Um, yeah. I think if Joshua Kelly gets in the end zone, I think he might steal this from Anthony Gordon. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't disagree with you there. Uh, he definitely, I mean, he had the second most, we already mentioned this, he had the second most uh, yards on the field this weekend. And that was only because Shea Patterson had had a receiver who was wide open. And he, he he threw a seventy-five yard touchdown pass. I mean, he he it was a beautiful pass, by the way. I've, as critical as we've been of Shea Patterson, he he laid it out on the line on that pass, man. That was a gorgeous pass. Yeah, it was his first pass of the game, too. So I mean, 
And then he followed it, followed it up with the interception. Yeah, so the most shade Patterson was, of all time. It, it was beautiful straight to the defense, guys. It was a gorgeous yeah. pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead. Uh, last one we're going to touch on. It's going to be game week MVP or practice week MVP, which was Herbert as well. Um, you know, I was the only one who was at practice. Zach heard things. Uh, you know, I think he deserved it for game week, like I, like I said on the preview episode. Uh, everything he was passing looked perfect uh, in practice. So uh, I don't know who else could have won this. I mean, obviously other players had great game weeks. Um, you know, you had like Dane Jackson, uh, who was a cornerback on the South team, who had a great week. You had a couple of linemen who reported to have great weeks, but Justin Herbert's going to overshadow all of them. He's a bigger name and he had just yeah. as great of a week as they did, if not better. And when you're a quarterback, the – the attention you get is huge because I mean, J- uh, Javon Kinlaw, huge week from what I hear. I heard he he secured his first round draft status oh, this yeah. week. Oh yeah. So he he's the did. big defensive tackle from uh, South Carolina. Brand, uh, he's on the blog in our picture section. Go check that out. We got some new Senior Bowl pictures out there for you guys. But yeah, uh, Javon Kinlaw uh, was probably the best defensive player this week from what I've been reading. Yeah, he looked really good all week long. Um, and he, he kind of showed it out in game two. I just thought that Bradley and A showed out a little bit more. That may have been because of a tired O-line um, or because Justin Hurt – or I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts was holding the ball for a million years in the backfield. Um, but in any case, I mean, I mean, he looked, he looked incredible as well. Yeah, I mean, he really, really did. And, I mean, I think there was a – a good bit of defensive players that really helped their stock. I mean, you got Malik Harrison at Ohio State. Um, you got Marlon Davidson from Auburn. Uh, I mean, like you said, Bradley and Nay. I, I don't think that was even a debate after watching, you know, the way they played. I mean, Tony Pride Jr. out of Notre Dame really helped. He was the other uh, – I believe he was the defensive back who intercepted – was it Jalen Hurts, I believe? Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. Because, yeah, and um, Malik Harrison had the other interception. But, yeah, I, I think there was a lot of defensive players that really helped their stock and not many that really hurt their stock too bad. No, I definitely agree with you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's this is going to be our recap for the Senior Bowl. Uh, I don't have too much more to say on this. It's the Senior Bowl, so we'll see how many people actually tune in to listen to this. Um, you know, if, if you asked any given person when the Senior Bowl was, they might not be able to tell you, but – uh here we are talking about it anyway um thank you thanks to you guys for listening um you know i've been working hard this week surprisingly uh if you've met me you know that i don't really ever work but i work very hard on this kind of stuff um so so for you guys to be appreciating my content the way that yeah you know the feedback i've gotten has been really good uh so i really appreciate that from everybody who's talked to me who's spoken with me about this um and we're glad that we're glad to have it all done with you. I'm sorry, my voice keeps cracking because I'm like 15 years old. But uh, <laughs> this, yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. I think maybe, maybe, maybe second puberty. But um, yeah, but thank you guys for listening, uh, tuning in. Make sure you keep up with our content. We still got stuff rolling out. It's not just Senior Bowl and done. I know some of you guys thought it was National Championship and done. It's certainly not senior bowl and done. We've got a lot more coming for you. Zach, I mean, the the man with the plan right here because he has an entire schedule like through the summer. Uh, so 
Yeah, yeah buddy. Back. Uh, We're coming. Yeah, we coming. Uh, yeah, but uh, go ahead and follow us on social media if you don't. Zach, plug that for the for the good people out there. That's right, guys. We got interviews with Piron and Herbert on the social. We have blogs coming out. We have more episodes coming out. We have all kind of stuff rolling out for you guys. Instagram, it is at the underscore Blue Bloods. Um, Facebook, it is at the Blue Bloods Pod. And Twitter, uh, the great Twitter, it is at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods. Uh, we got all kind of cool stuff rolling out there. You guys have been interacting, on, especially on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Twitter, we got to step it up a bit. You guys did really well this week on that. Uh, for blog stuff, you can find that on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, go check out all our articles. We got the Way Too Early Top 25 with some crazy takes. We got all the Brandon Senior Bowl coverage. We got pictures from the Senior Bowl. We have all kind of stuff rolling out. Brandon's big recaps coming out this week. So y'all be on the lookout for that. It's coming. Uh, go check. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't forget we're available on all podcast streaming platforms, whether you like Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, anchor, what was it? Castbox, uh, all kind of just crazy okay. places that we are. Uh, go check us out wherever you want to listen. Um, if you're checking us out on Apple podcasts, give us a five star rating. You could drop that at the bottom of our page. We are getting up there. A bunch of you guys are rating. If you have any comments, concerns, uh, y'all want to request concerns. content. Yeah. Hit us up in the inbox, any social media, uh, whatever. We will, we will, we want to, you know, have y'all listening. Listening has been going up consistently and shout out to you guys for that. So stay tuned. We got big things in the work, more special guests, more episodes. So stay on the lookout. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, we've got content flowing. Uh, but for right now, we are out.
back to the Today on the Blue Bloods, I see. Yeah, no, I had to. Uh, I couldn't keep them confused for so long. <laughs> we had to come back. We're like the prodigal son. We always come back home. There you go, bro. 